We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Hey everybody, no calls this week, so we are going to dive right into some questions that we got via social media. First up was Ryan Winslet via, at Ryan Winslet via Twitter. Do you remember the movie that turned you into a horror fan? I don't mean your first horror movie, but the one you watched and suddenly realized you were going to be hooked on the genre from then on. Megan, we know that Xena goes way, way back. Uh, and I feel like we've talked about your history with a little bit, but let's hear what what got you really kicked off into horror. I feel like I've probably mentioned this before. I feel like I've mentioned this a lot, not necessarily on this podcast, but Ghostbusters at age four was the thing mm-hmm. that started me on my obsession with monsters. And then I would go to the video store and look in the monster aisle every week and watch things that were way too inappropriate for my very young age inappropriate or you just didn't understand the context or both well i mean five-year-olds watching you know things like child's play and pet cemetery (laughs) so you know my parents were like she'll be fine they just told me it's fake so oh man that would not work with my daughter she kind of gets brave and then she starts to watch some stuff and she's like nope (laughs) know your limits that's that's important. It's all about knowing your limits. All right, Zena, what was yours? Was it Lost Boys? <laughs> no, <laughs> but that that's a great movie. Uh, it was kind of well. It was actually the first movie I watched, um, which I feel like I always talk about it. Night of the Demons. I watched yeah. it at a very very young age, and similar to Megan's parents, my mom just told me that you know it was fake. Monsters stuff, but... aren't real, so it's not yeah. scary, right? Yeah, they can't get exactly. you exactly. And then in our household, you know, like my dad, he didn't watch horror movies, but 
he was a grown man, so he could leave the room. But when you're a little kid, leaving the room and everybody else is in the living room, you know what I mean? What am I going to do? I'm going to be alone, <laughs> scared in the dark. So I don't know. It, after seeing Night of the Demons, I was just extremely hooked and I needed more. Yeah. I feel like such a casual talking to you two on so many levels. <laughs> Not just on how few movies I've seen in comparison, but the fact that I probably didn't get into horror until I was like 16 or 17 years old. It's still and, pretty cool. There's... I mean, it took a little while. Um, and I probably didn't even start diving deeper until I got like 20 or so. But I'm almost positive it started with Evil Dead 2. And it's to this day, it's kind of my gateway horror selection for anybody because it's like, it's not, it's not super scary. It's really more campy than anything, um, but it kind of lets you dip your toe into it. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of go back and be like, okay, well, let me check out Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. And then you check out Army of Darkness and you're like, oh, wait, this is horror? Maybe because I, I watched Evil Dead 2 when I was seven-ish but oh that God. that one actually scared me like the linda stop motion really? oh that was so much i wanted to be I, her I, the stop motion dancing in the woods you wanted to be her oh my because goodness because she makes that little Hoo! sound and she was There's, just having a good time there was something about that like as a child watching that and her movements are so unnatural that it freaked me <laughs> out and then it's the grin it's the weird creepy grin now it's fine as an adult but as a seven-year-old i watched that from behind the couch like what is wrong with this thing i mean i still don't like stop motion anything if i watch like a tool music video i get really upset it, there's just something it's just unnatural like i started <laughs> i started watching gothica this weekend because my like, god it's been a long time since i've seen gothica the fast but twitching. netflix has been really hasn't has been super glitchy on my tv so i couldn't really get to the the, the the twitchy head stuff that really go, like <laughs> makes me freak out as an adult uh but yeah i get that like if there's a if there's a really scary scene or unnerving scene to me it's the linda part more than anything else like going into the basement and stuff like that that's all right i've always felt like the second one was funny you know but then yeah. the oh, first sure. one yeah the first one freaks me out um especially when linda was just sitting on the floor saying we're gonna get you, <laughs> you know? like, yeah that freaked me out absolutely all right second question from verb at verback 226 i think i think it's on twitter uh do y'all like an immediate immersion or so this is a two-part we'll start with the first part do y'all like an immediate immersion or a slow burn Zena, how about you? I think it depends. So I, I don't want to be that person and say, oh, well, it's actually, but no, actually it depends. You know, it depends on my mood. It depends on the actual movie. There's some where I'm like, okay, I'm totally fine um, with the pacing of it. But then there's other ones where it's just like, it's just not very fitting. Um, so we talk about come true all the time because that movie rocks. Okay. And that one is a slow burn and, but it's fitting, you know, it, it fits. Even with the way that we talked about the Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, I don't think that that's, that's not a slow burn. But if it if they both were, I don't think that that would fit with it, you know? Yeah, if there there's slow burn and then there's just slow. Right. Like Raw, for me, it was like, it's, it's slow burn. Like it's super, to me, it's like just super atmospheric. Like it doesn't, or hereditary. 
<laughs> believe me i don't know why it's totally slow burn for me it shouldn't be since you know there's a poll within like the first 15 minutes um maybe I, maybe in my head my wires get crossed between slow burn and atmospheric though they tend to go hand in hand in my head like the witch megan's confused I i'm just know. like i'm lost at slow burn versus slow what is the difference oh uh, I feel like slow burn for me has to feel like there's like a building momentum. Like there is something that it's burning towards, like a smoldering sort of thing. Like there's a, like it's a long an, fuse and will ignite at the end or, or something, at least like an ominous building feeling as opposed to just like drawn out expositional dialogue or just nothing happening like you don't like if you can't even see the progression to the potential unnervingness or scares or suspense if it just feels like you're just sitting there watching stuff happen i don't know so me i guess i guess it is a little bit more complicated of an answer than i think i can put into words um i feel like now i need to go back and just be like all right, what's just a slow movie as opposed to slow burn? I'm gonna have to do research now. And is slow the problem for you, or is slow that also is the problem for me? Okay, slow like like Xena, slow burn. It really it has to be in the hands of the right creator. Otherwise, I think slow burn becomes slow for me. Maybe that's what it is, it, and maybe there also just has to be a big payoff for slow burn. I think that might be the difference. That if you kind of get to the end and you're like, okay, I see what it was doing. Like, but there wasn't some big, like, oh God, or like, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, Midsommar. Like, yes, there's horrible things that are happening throughout it, but then you kind of get to the end and you're like, oh, bear suit. Like that kind of built up to, and, and just like the, the, the wry little smile at the end. Like, it's kind of like, oh God, this is like, to me, that's a much bigger payoff than maybe it feels like, or than it looks like, um, so maybe it is also just up to my interpretation of, yeah, that ending didn't work or that climax of the story didn't really feel like a climax as much as, all right. Yeah. I wish I had a good example. Now I feel bad. How about you, Megan? Slow burn or immediate? Both? Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm picking, piggybacking off of Xena's answer. It's like, I think a lot of it also has to do with mood. Sometimes you want something fast and dirty and sometimes you're like i need a meditative movie that's going to slowly unfurl in my brain so really it just depends because i like both i like horror of all kinds really just there, there's a different style and flavor for everything okay and then short and to the point ending or unanswered ending megan you first also both <laughs> ah. <laughs> i know uh how awful of me but I just I think that that there are certain things that really work for for certain movies and some things mm -hmm. that that don't I mean like there are movies where not explaining everything works in its favor and a shortened to the point works in other movies favors so really right. it's like I like to sample all of the ice cream flavors okay so, How are you yeah. Zeno? Both? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, both. It's the same. Like it's, it really does. It, it just depends. And I don't know. There, there's just so many movies where it's like, when we don't get like that full on stretched out 
you know, ending, it still works, yeah. you know? So I don't know. It's just, it's hard to say, to just pick but one. It, it's a balance. It's a balancing act, you know, like, um, for example, I am the pretty things that lives in the house does not work for me because mm-hmm. I don't have any foothold into it. Um, you know, I don't need a story to build and then explode at the end. I right. don't, you but I need something to keep me engaged throughout and it didn't really work for me versus, you know, House of the Devil does build to an explosive ending. Mm-hmm. So that's not really a good comparison. Maybe even something like The Black Coat's Daughter, a.k.a. February. Um, both of those, I'm the Pretty Things That Lives in the House and Black Coat's Daughter, same director. I think one is much more effective at drawing you into a mystery and its characters than the other for me personally. So I think that that's, that's why it's like, it's so hard to choose one or the other. Both work in the right context. Yeah. And I think I've, I've made it known, I suppose on the podcast that I don't like having my hand held, particularly as a horror watcher. If it's, if that's, if the purpose of the movie, like, you know, watching Friday the 13th part two this week. Like if it's that's yes, you're kind of having your hand held through a lot of stuff anyway. Although there's plenty of unanswered questions. Like what the hell is, how did that No, What? But, uh, so there I'm fine again with either sort of ending as long as it just fits within the tone of everything. I feel like there's been somewhere else in a movie just ended and you're like, what, what I don't, I feel like you didn't even come close to even giving me an idea of what I'm supposed to think at the end. And then others where it just turns into this like oddly dialogue heavy sort of insanity. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, one of my favorite examples of a movie that ends, I feel like a lot of people don't like it and it's not horror, but burn after reading by the Coen brothers. It literally ends with them saying, so we've learned nothing from all this, huh? And the guy's like, I don't think so. Okay. And the movie just ends. Like it was almost like the Coen brothers joke about the ending doesn't, the ending is the point of the movie is the movie happened and that's it. You don't need to learn anything. The end. Right. <laughs> Which I also appreciate sometimes too, if that's also like the filmmaker's choice. Um, but yeah, those are tough questions. It's easier picking between movies than picking between <laughs> sort of themes like that. Speaking of themes, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. <laughs> and I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to go right quick around the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, you know, what's been filling your heart this week? Guys, I'm ready to get spicy, okay? Spicy Ooh. and real with you today. Someone's so, got a diet Pepsi. Oh, no, I just have water. But I did have some Jolly Ranchers. So, mm. um, yeah, I ate all my what, snacks before what, we started what flavor? recording. What flavor, Jolly? Oh, I, I have watermelon. That one's my favorite. It's a good one. An apple. Okay, it's tart. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I watched a, a lot of new movies last week, and uh, 
you know, there was, there was some mixed bag stuff in there, some stuff where it's just like, I don't know if I liked it or not. So I need to think about it. So, um, but this is the first one, Bloodfest from 2018 on Amazon. Fans flocked to a festival celebrating the most iconic horror movies only to discover that the charismatic uh, showman behind the event has a diabolical agenda. So this is a horror comedy and it celebrates like the different horror tropes. It's very silly. Um, and I knew it was going to be silly from the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the the storyline is very simple. Um, it follows a horror horror obsessed teen who goes to this horror themed festival called Bloodfest with his two friends. And I'm not gonna lie, if that festival was real, I I would have been there. Um, so this one it takes no time at all getting started. And you know sometimes when they like, you know, people are secretly getting killed and then then they find out like 20 minutes later. No, all this stuff happens like within under 30 minutes I want to say where people where things just become real like the horror people are getting killed in front of mobs of people and they think it's a joke at first until they don't have a head anymore so (laughs) they're laughing even then they still there was actually someone saying well maybe he's kidding but his head is like you know on the ground you know so, um, but yeah, I, I just going back to the to the tropes and situations. Um, there's like killer clowns, vampires, zombies, uh, chainsaw uh, killers, and so on. And then they also give like a nod, um, some nods to the Evil Dead. We was just talking about that one earlier. Um, the Ring, Saw, and like so many others. And you know, like you guys, like many people in the world, I've watched very many horror movies right so just to see like a movie like this come together it was a lot of fun like it was just there really isn't anything profound about it in some ways it is a little bit predictable but sometimes you just need a fun straightforward horror movie that's a good time and it gives you all the feels and I kind of feel like it's perfect for like you know the Halloween spooky season so but yeah if you are interested you can check it out it's on Amazon um and it's also uh, the video company behind it, uh, one of it's the production Rooster companies, Teeth, right? Rooster Teeth. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I checked it out a couple of weeks ago. It, it's yeah. very, um, if you like Cabin in the Woods, it's a, a very Cabin in the Woods-esque feel to it Does... um, because of playing on the tropes and everything. Does the Halloween season affect your viewing habits at all? Do you uh... like... Because, I mean, we watch horror all the time. Does it somehow increase the horror viewing? Or, because, you know, there are a lot of people that do Halloween watch lists, which is cool. Yeah. But do you do anything like that? Or are you just like, I'm going to watch some seasonally appropriate horror movies every once in a while? Um, For me, it doesn't increase. I feel like I, I watch like a good amount on a weekly basis. I'm not going to lie. Um, But sometimes I do want to have like some seasonal stuff in there. But I think, I'm pretty sure I did that last year, but I think the previous year, I didn't do that. I just watched anything. Totally. There's a few movies I only watch around Halloween. Like, honestly, like the Halloween series, I generally, doesn't really pique my interest until around Halloween. And I don't know if that's oddly cliche or if it's just planted in my brain that way that it's called Halloween. So I watch it in October. I feel like a lot of uh, people do that, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trick or treat. I like yeah. watching trick or treat. Mm-hmm. And again, because of the trick or treating theme. So, yeah, I think for me, a lot of it is uh, the 
themes around the horror movies. Like if the horror movies are set in like October, like I could totally see uh, watching um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark mm-hmm. as an October movie. Um, and just, yeah, things like that. So there, there's some, I don't necessarily have a watch list, but there's definitely a few that just feel like October to me. For sure. But yeah, so that, that was, uh, the first one. Then the second one, this was a rewatch, but it's been a good while. Um, I checked out the series Dead Summer from 2016 on Apple TV. This was sort of some research. And um, so it's back in 1989. <laughs> School is out for the summer when Camp Stillwater's dark ancient mythology awakens. What's supposed to be a summer of fun soon turns into an unforgettable scares and evil at every turn. So I feel like, and I always felt like this with this series, it's so unfortunate that it was canceled because... Um, it's a unique series that blends uh, slashers uh, and like possession type of horror. And I know that's just like, you know, for a horror fan, it's kind of like, well, we've seen that before, Zena. We have, but we haven't really seen it in a series. At least I haven't. So um, I guess even when I think about it, when the show first aired, I didn't watch it. I watched it just when it ended. And the reason why was because, you know, it aired on Freeform and I thought it was going to be a teen bopper type of series. And around that time, we just had like uh, Scream Queens as well as the Scream series. And the Scream Scream Queens, gosh, Scream Queens series, I thought that one was a lot of fun. But the Scream series, I was, I'm not a fan. You know, I couldn't really get into it. Is that so like all of gonna... it? Like they had a revival too, didn't they? I, I haven't watched the revival They series. did. They did, and like the cast is more diverse. But yeah. even with that, just being honest with you, I'm I, I love Queen Latifah, but because she's like behind it, but okay. I'm just not like I just wasn't a fan, you know. So, um, but that yeah, not saying don't check it out. I mean, you yeah, may like just, it. it didn't work for you. <laughs> it it, work it for worked. Me. It worked for others. That's cool. Right. I know people who like really dig the revival series, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like. Again, I thought it was going to be like one of those teen bopper type of series and stuff like that. So I kind of was like, uh, I don't know if I want to watch it. But and I remember when loved I, it. I loved it. I remember I decided to give it a chance. And the fact that it is so dark, there's blood, possession, murder, dark evil. Like there's like mystery and like this like twist and turns that I did not see coming at all. Like it's crazy. So, um, but again, like I, I feel like if you like like, Friday the 13th, as an example, the cast is kind of similar to Friday the 13th, um, but in, even like with the tone of it, but there's more of a supernatural tone to it, you know? So, um, and then again, there's like spirits and Yay. satanic rituals. So I don't know. That is your jam. It is. It, it really is. So, but no, um, point is, I've never seen like a format in a series like, like this one. So I was really bummed out. Um, when the show was canceled, the only thing I will say that really didn't make sense to me. So the series takes place in the late 1980s, but the way the characters are dressed, um, even some of the dialogue, it's just not very fitting. And Mm -hmm. I think that they probably would have had like a better chance and just making it modern times. You know what I mean? Because other than that, it's just, I I don't know what the point of it was being in the like late eighties. So, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I watched this past week. Woohoo. I mentioned last week, Hiroko the Goblin was coming to Japan Cuts Festival, which starts this Friday. And of course, I 
checked it out early because I needed it in my life. Um, as a reminder, if you do not, maybe you forgot or you didn't listen to last week's episode, Hiroko the Goblin is a 1991 Japanese movie based on a manga. Uh, it is about an archaeological dig near a school that opens up a gate to hell, unleashing Hiroko the Goblin. And only a teen and an eccentric archaeologist can stop it from taking over. And this is a 2K restoration um, that is premiering uh, internationally at this festival, which means that I'm sure inevitably it will be announced uh, for home release. So, yeah, if you don't check it out at Japan Cuts, which I recommend because it's a delight, then, you know, I'm sure news will be out eventually. But it is by Shinya Tsukamoto, who did Tetsuo the Iron Man, and so you do get some of that similar um, stop-motion animation. But I just... This movie is so wacky. It's like, what if Evil Dead 2 and a live-action anime had a baby and you would get mm. Hiroko the Goblin? I mean, heads get decapitated. sold on that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's like heads get decapitated and geysers of blood spew forth. And anytime somebody dies, this poor teen gets their faces burned and etched on his back. And these heads, these decapitated heads sprout spider legs and there's one that sings she sings such pretty lullabies it's such a weird delightful movie that it's you know i feel like this one makes such an excellent double feature with haosu even though haosu is way more like wacky and out there this one has a plot mostly that you follow yeah like i think that those two tonally (laughs) would be really great together and then uh wait 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 okay talk about the the demon heads the demon, which one are we talking about? Like the non decapitated ones, we're we talking yes. about the weird, they look like sharks, <laughs> they look like shark heads. Don't you love it? <laughs> I, I like this movie so much. I mean, watch it if you can. If you're in the US, you can buy online tickets, uh, and it runs the whole fest, so it's not like you watch it this Friday only. I mean, you could buy a ticket and watch it, whatever. So, Japan cuts, um, we could put it in the show notes, I'm sure. But yeah, it's it's like it's so off the wall. You're never gonna predict what where it goes ever, and and that's part of the charm. But yeah, it really is Sam Raimi esque. If you hate Tetsuo the Iron Man for, because it is like a very psychosexual, creepy body horror movie. Like I get that. This is not anything like that. Uh, it is very much like Evil Dead Two had a love child with live action anime. So yeah. Uh, and then totally opposite of that, uh, for Fantasia, I watched Full. Um, it is a brand new release. It will be coming soon at some point. I They don't have release date uh, information, but it will. They, it is coming soon. But it is about uh, a guy, a crime guy named Bull, played by Neil Maskell from Kill List. He mysteriously returns home after a 10-year absence. He is out for blood, and he is wanting to find his son. So he he's out for the uh, revenge against those who double-crossed him a decade ago. And it's kind of like this brutal revenge movie. He is doling out some vicious violence, um, but also you're wanting to... It's a part mystery because you're trying to feel, figure out what happened in 
the inciting event and where he's been. So yeah, it's it does not read like it's horror, but it definitely embraces horror a lot. Um, in a way, Neil Maskell is kind of slasher villain like, um, even though you're rooting for him. And mm-hmm. there are a couple of key movies that I could compare this to, but I don't want to because I think that would be giving some plot points away so i'm not going to except that if you are a horror fan you do want to watch it it is more horror than a revenge thriller initially suggests i got a little excited when you said when it was called bull i was like is this a horror movie about a bull because i feel (laughs) like there's no cattle related horror movies that i'm Uh, familiar with i i cannot pronounce it it's like jolly keto i will have to look at but there is um an indian horror movie about a bull terrorizing a village and yeah so i'll look it up for you that that does exist interesting (laughs) but no this is not this is not that yeah i didn't check out that particular animal related movie this week i checked out megan's pick 1988 slugs on tubi People are dying mysteriously and gruesomely, and nobody has a clue what the cause is. Only healthcare worker Mike Brady has a possible solution, but his theory of killer slugs is laughed at by the authorities. Only when the body count begins to rise and a slug expert from England begins snooping around does it begin to look like Mike has the right idea after all. Thanks, IMDb, for that one. Uh, Okay, Megan, why this one? Because I was copying Xena's homework and felt like I was going to thematically go with the 80s uh, horror there. It, it uh, I tell you what, I'm, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be because Slither is, is definitely not my bad. favorite. It's no, the, o- the only thing that got me, and I didn't think it would get me because I wasn't thinking about it at the time. Is, is it the restaurant? No, the restaurant was actually fine. Oh wow! I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool actually. Uh, the sex scene was pr- pr- pretty brutal. How they didn't notice the bedroom was full of slugs. <laughs> they just and if you don't, yeah, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, too bad. Go watch it on Tubi. I'm not going <laughs> to give you more details. Um, there's a scene where uh, uh, this woman's cutting a head of lettuce, which leads to the restaurant scene later, and there's a slug inside, and she's cutting it up. I don't know why seeing her just cut that slug that ends up in the salad that this guy eats bothered me so much. And normally I have salads for lunch. <laughs> I didn't have salad for lunch the rest of the week because of it. Now, I think it's a combination of things. One, the imagery of me eating a salad and the slugs. And two, because she's cutting the slug, I think it messed up my tryptophobia. Because there's like that ring of slug in each piece. <laughs> I think it just it was like a it was like a double whammy for me. Uh this one is this one is so calling this like cheesy, like off-the-wall 80s horror is a perfect explanation for it. Because the dialogue, nobody believes anybody in this. Like, oh, it was food poisoning. His head exploded. <laughs> Yeah, what kind of food poisoning is that? Yeah. Between the effects, between nobody believing anything, between the dialogue and the relationships and everything else, it is so bananas. Uh, Glad I watched. I would not have watched this if Megan hadn't said watch Slugs because Slugs. 
Uh, but if you want some like quintessential eighties, just strange campiness, go for slugs with some good gore. With some good gore. There's some good gore effects in this, like surprisingly so. Like there's a lot, those slugs do a lot of damage to people. Yeah. Like, in a messed up way. And a poor little bunny at one point. Oh. Yeah. And then Xena's pick. I actually watched Xena's pick first. I did them backwards, but I just really wanted to figure out what was, or talk about slugs. Uh, I wrote down the wrong year. I think it's 1983s. 85. Ah, 85's The mm-hmm. Lift on Tubi. Or day lift or dare lift because it's German. A lift technician finds himself drawn into a web of mystery and peril as he investigates the perplexing, deadly accidents occurring in the elevators of a new office building. All right, Zeno, why this one? Well, oh, well, actually, it is 1983, but it was released in the United States in 1985. So, ah. just in case if someone's screaming, ah, you're wrong. Okay. So- <laughs> Ah, oh, that guy. I hope, Stop it. I hope that somebody is and they are using the Skeletor voice when they... <laughs> yeah. Tilting their head to the sky. Yeah, Zeta. <laughs> um, well, I, I picked this one because I'm a sucker for 80s movies. That's ridiculous, you know, but I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of... I don't really like elevators. I don't... I'm not going to say I'm scared. I don't like them. So I don't know. I, I was really excited when I um when I saw it one day. I would always see it all the time, but I recently watched it maybe like a couple of months ago. And it just, I don't know, it, it, it had like a really cool feel to it because it felt different from different 80s movies. And even with the main character, the hero, he is just so cold and mean. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. There's something really smooth and cool about him. I mean, maybe because it's German. Like True. maybe there was like a cultural thing. I don't know. I was. Is it? I think it's like from the Netherlands, isn't it? Is, is it the Netherlands? I thought it was I'm pretty German. sure this yeah. is same guy who did uh, Amsterdam, doesn't it? That is the oh, guy. I... Yeah. Oh my okay. God. People are screaming right now. <laughs> all of our, all of our, uh, our Netherlands fans are just so mad at us right now. Uh, okay. So this this one starts out, so I, remember, I was watching the first scene, paying it a little attention, but kind of like, wow, those people are really drunk. Wait, what's going on? Are they, <laughs> what are they going to do in that elevator? Like, wow, you guys are really free about like your, your relationship status and how comfortable you are with other people's bodies. And then, you know, the elevator and the elevator. The elevator just gets like really hot. <laughs> like, at first, you think everyone's gonna die. Spoilers: if you haven't seen the lift, they don't. In the first scene, the elevator just gets really, really hot, and they all fall down. It's one of them topless. It's so crazy, it, and like no, again, nobody believes anything. Like the the characters, most of them are just sleazy. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, the building manager who like walks by the cleaning crew. And it's such a horrible, like, not even 80s. I feel like even the 80s was beyond this, where, like, he smacks one of the cleaning lady's butts, and she's just like, oh, you, and is, like, really, like, proud that (laughs) that he did this to her. It was just so weird. But actually what got me, I'm not going to give it away, the final kill in this movie, I love the final kill in this movie. I don't know why. It almost got, like, it was almost like a Hellraiser-esque type vibe. 
for me um, for reasons that I'm not going to ruin on this. But the, the final kill actually worked a lot better than I thought because you kind of think, you pseudo think it's over in a really kind of anticlimactic way. And then there's one more kill. And, and it like really works in a, a really strange way for me. Uh, I am glad I finally watched it. Yeah. But there's, but it's a different, it's a different kind of bonkers for Megan's. But there is a Venn diagram. I do see the overlap between the two of them. Um, but it was definitely a cheesy '80s week. Plus, <laughs> for me. the once again going back with that Harrow guy, he he reminded me of uh, David Bowie. So that was pretty cool. I, don't know, I could see that. Me, I want him just I to could... sing and dance. You want some? You wanted him to put on some Ziggy Stardust makeup. Yes, please. <laughs> See, and then I wa- then for Friday the Thirteenth, I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, but I'm not going to talk about that because I watched one today that I want to talk about that I liked even more, oh, uh, and it was 2007's Murder Party on Amazon, which I think I've actually I had actually seen like half of it, and then but like it was like background noise, so I'm glad I finally sat down and watched it because I love the director. A random invitation to a Halloween party leads a man into the hands of a rogue collective intent on murdering him for the sake of their art, sparking a bloodbath of mishap, mayhem, and hilarity. (laughs) So this is the same guy. Yes, there's no doubt this is horror comedy. From the very beginning, this is horror comedy. There's no doubt. And this is the same guy who did Blue Ruins, The Green Room, and uh, uh, hold on to the, or or hold the dark, I think, which I just started watching. It's on Netflix and it's really good. Um, I need to finish that tonight. But for a guy who who crafts these really beautiful visual uh, and just like dark stories that are just like the kind of cuts to the heart of just like like dark souls, like people that just like there's just missing something inside. To have something so freaking funny, also, it, it shines this wonderful light. And I think this is why I love horror comedy so much, because horror comedy shows uh, kind of like uh, like the light and the darkness. And like comedians, you see like the, the light but not so much the darkness that a lot of comedians carry and, and like depression and feelings that the, like they get out on stage and through their jokes and everything else. Whereas horror comedy where most people look at horror and they're like, well, that's just the dark, that's just darkness. So many people that are involved in horror are hilarious. Like I, I know horror podcasters that are just some of like the nicest, sweetest, funniest people you ever met. And like the same way with like, I feel like horror has that community where like, yeah, we play in the dark, but sometimes that's the catharsis. Sometimes that's the acceptance of what's going on in the real world or their lives or whatever. So to see someone who can, who can craft such dark movies that are largely filled with despair, to turn out something that's just like smacking the face of art students and the ridiculousness of like art culture and everything else and just an off-the-walls ridiculousness is wonderful. If you haven't seen Murder Party, go watch it on Amazon. It's should definitely be on anyone's horror comedy list. High, high, high recommend. Along with the lift and slugs. For very, very different reasons. <laughs> All right. So what am I watching next week? Uh, Megan, I think you're up first this week. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, what are we watching? How do we watch it? <laughs> I always forget that. Well, I watched Bloodfest on Amazon and Dead of Summer on Apple TV. 
I watched Hiroko the Goblin, uh, which will be available through Japan Cuts Fest, and I watched Bull uh, at Fantasia, but it is coming soon at some point. And I watched Slugs on Tubi, The Lift on Tubi, and Murder Party on Amazon. Okay, Megan, what am I watching next week? Have you seen Patchwork? Uh, which one's that? Easy synopsis. Um... A woman wakes up to find that she's been sewn together with parts of other women? No. <laughs> but tell me more. No, don't tell me more. Let me see for myself. Is this on Tubi? Shudder. Yay, Shudder. All right, Zena. Um, okay, have you seen Bad Moon from 1996? Werewolf movie? No, you know, I don't see a lot of werewolf movies. So that's usually a pretty easy layup if you... Cool beans. Okay, so this one, you have a choice. It's on Tubi or it's on Amazon. Ooh, decisions, decisions. There you go. We'll see. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. All right, enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, if you visited Bloody Disgusting website over the past week or so, you might have noticed a pop-up asking you to subscribe to a newsletter. That is the Rewind. I curate that, which means I'm that subscribed. you should... I'm subscribed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> It'll go out every Thursday, and there's like an exclusive article or essay so you won't find that anywhere else so you know if you want to read more stuff then subscribe uh and second sight they are bringing the guest to 4k ultra hd for halloween uh we have mentioned uk-based second sight films recently and their uh latest announcement is for a special edition uh 4k ultra hd of adam wingard and simon barrett's the guest appropriately coming this halloween and it, as a reminder, there's no region coding on 4K. So if you're worried about UK, like it's not going to translate. If you have 4K player, you can you can snag it, and you will want to snag it because Xena uh, contributed an essay to this release. That's yeah, right, guys. me, I did. You did. Kick it ass <laughs> and take a name. She's all out of bubblegum, <laughs> guys. She's all out of bubblegum. Uh, so yeah, any any other deets that you could possibly spill at this point or nah? It's just get um, it when they announce it. Because I, I think if they honestly, just said coming Halloween, right? Yeah. I, I think just get it. And just plus, get it. I guess it's just such a great movie anyway. So you so, need yeah. it in your house. Yes, you do. I need it. We all need it. Uh, and something else that we all maybe need. Uh, A24's The Green Knight comes home. Uh, last week, A24 announced that they were bringing The Green Knight to a one-night-only special screening on August 18th, Wednesday. That's when the episode drops. Uh, tickets are for this event are 20 bucks, non-refundable. 
which is odd because Monday, when we're actually recording this, they announced that it is dropping on VOD Thursday. So mm-hmm. uh, they don't mention anything about the price. Hopefully it's either the same. Otherwise, it's a very weird rollout move. But uh, I guess on the silver lining is that it is going to be more widely available to watch in the U.S., so yay or nay, depending on yay. whether you bought tickets or not. Um, and then Tim Burton's live action series Wednesday Adams casts its Morticia and Gomez. It was announced in February that Tim Burton is going to do a live action series centered on Wednesday Adams that's going to be coming to Netflix. Uh, the series is simply titled Wednesday. It'll follow the Adams family character's spooky coming of age uh, tale. Eight episodes have been ordered by Netflix. Uh, Jenny Ortega. She's going to be in the upcoming Scream. She was the scene stealer in The Babysitter, Killer Queen, the sequel. Mm -hmm. Uh, She signed on as Wednesday Addams, and Netflix confirmed that Louise Guzman is playing Gomez, and Catherine Zeta-Jones will be playing Morticia. Uh, They are both listed as guest stars, so obviously it's going to be primarily focused on Wednesday Addams with brief appearances from her iconic parents. It is described as a sleuthing, supernaturally infused mystery charting Wednesday Adams' years as a student in Nevermore Academy. And uh, Alex Proyas is developing a Dark City TV series. Just four years after The Crow, he did a neo-noir science fiction movie called Dark City, which is actually really good. Uh, It's not streaming stateside, but you can rent it on VOD. I do recommend that. Um, So a little over two decades later... Proya's returned to that visually rich universe with a new short film called Mask of the Evil Apparition, which is playing at Popcorn Frights Film Fest. In the 20-minute short, a young woman with no memory searches a, a deserted, nocturnal city looking for something or someone. Only problem is she can't remember who or what. She encounters twin brothers who may be her salvation, but one of them warns her that the mysterious ones, a nefarious group of clones, are after her. Another woman in disguise also offers to help, but can she be trusted? The brand new short is being described as a film about identity by Alex Proyas, made entirely with virtual production and from the Dark City Cinematic Universe originally created by Proyas. The virtual presentation of the short comes with the Q&A, and uh, Proyas revealed in that Q&A, which was conducted by director Joe Lynch, that he's developing Dark City as a series, where he said, he told Lynch, where... In the very early stages, but I'm having to reanalyze in order to construct a new story. I'm having to go back and kind of jog my memory as to what we actually did and what I think worked and what I think didn't work and reevaluate my own film. So that's been a very interesting experience as well, which I've not done before. Mm. So there you go. Dark City is so overlooked. That's one we should have said last week for underappreciated horror gems. Dark City got way overlooked because of The Matrix. Because I think The Matrix came out like right after it. So good. Needs to go to streaming. Like Near Dark. Near Dark did it. Shudder, get on that. All right, listeners, your turn. Love the Bloody Disgusting newsletter and all the work Megan puts into this wonderful world of horror. Think the Dark City is an underappreciated gem that needs more love? Let's hear about it. Numbers 224-475-1040. Numbers also on the show notes or emails at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Or like this week, keep an eye on our social media accounts for a chance to ask questions. Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in this sea of horror movie options, including on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Tuesday, August 17th. <laughs> I needed a dramatic pause. <laughs> Watch Tuesday. Watch okay. Tuesday. No, uh, yes, Howling ma'am. Village it will be available on VOD. After her brother goes missing, a young therapist visits her last known location, a haunted and cursed site known as Howling Visit. 
Uh, Howling Village. Her investigation reveals that the village's mysteries are connected to her family. Then on Wednesday the 18th, Black Island will be on Netflix. Dark secrets of the seemingly perfect island threaten to swallow up an orphan student when he grows close to a mysterious teacher. And then we have three movies. Well, also we have the, the Green Knight also coming on um, Thursday. VOD. Woo! Okay. Uh, then, <laughs> didn't want to forget that. Then on Friday, we have three movies coming our way. Wow, it's already going to be August 20th. Um, uh. Blood Conscious will be available on VOD. A vacation and family turns the tables on a mass shooter who claims to be fighting demonic forces. Then Demonic will be available on VOD. We previously spoke about this one. And last, the psychological horror of the night house will be hitting theaters. A widow begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. And if you don't want to decide what you want to watch, you could just cut on bloody disgusting TV. And on the web at bloodydisgusting.tv. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you want to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at hauntedmeg. Xena can be found on her own site, Real Queen of Horror, and her YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com, or the Bloody Disgusting Podcast on Facebook. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I was trying to think in my head how to do the Skeletor voice, but I can't. Like, <laughs> I'm Megan! Yeah. I'm Megan! <laughs> I think that's perfect. Okay. Thank you. I tried. I practiced it in my head. <laughs> I'm Xena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody! Something bloody! <laughs> <laughs> Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.